Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. My name is Lynn Wilder, and this is my husband. Michael, it's good to be here again. <laughs> again, we're, we're, we're someplace, someplace, but we, we don't know exactly where, but we're someplace. <laughs> we're in a church today because we didn't quite get home for this podcast. Um, we're so grateful for what God does in our lives um, at our age. We're grateful to be alive, grateful to wake up every day, and grateful be a- to be able to bear testimony of what this amazing God has done in our lives. We are ex-Mormon Christians united for Jesus. Find us at unveilingmormonism.com. Well, this is part two with two of my favorite people. Ross Anderson, who has been ministering to Mormons in Utah for 40 years, quite successfully, by the way. Uh, Ross is former LDS. He's done a number of wonderful things then to take what he knows and transfer it to new pastors in Utah. And we have with us Corey Miller, currently CEO of an apologetics organization on campuses and high school campuses called Ratio Christi. Um, I've had some great experiences speaking on my own campus, Horatio Christi, a number of years ago. They are here today because they have a new book coming out, and they'll have to tell you the name of the book. It's RMM, right? Responding to Mormon Missionaries. <laughs> we, we need to hold up a sign that says the name of the book, yeah. okay, so we can remember it. M, 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 three, there's three an, Yeah, there's oh, another so what, M, sorry. Okay, what's the third one? message message Mormon missionary message to the more okay okay I got it now I think after you know the second podcast you can can go (laughs) mormonmissionarymessage.com to see more do you you have a copy of it in front of you the book okay hold it up there so we can kind of zoom in on it there there we go now we can see it there that's great that's great okay so now um and what's interesting uh my understanding you guys were you went back to preach my gospel which was released what around 2004 2005 in that area um now i just got a text message over my phone that said that the lds church is now coming out with a different version and preach my gospel is no longer being used is that correct (laughs) well that that's that's partly correct that that is partly correct so just after making a joke it is No, seriously, it's not a joke. So seriously, uh, within a couple of weeks after we all sent the manuscript to the publisher and it's out of our hands and no more changes could be made for that pu- for that that in addition, the uh, LDS church did release a new version of Preach My Gospel. Version 2, it's only available online, it's available at the, their website and it'll be in print they think by the end of the year. So we had a crisis on our hands. We had to go and evaluate. Oh my gosh, do we have to like scrap this whole thing? Are we going to be fools, whatever? And so we looked very carefully at the new version. And um, there are there are some changes in its tone and its general approach. And there's some changes in its organization, but all of the content is the same. Mm. And so they actually took two, they took two chapters. The, the and and combine them into one, so it's now four chapters instead of or four lessons instead of five. 
but none of the con- it's a very long lesson they with the two lessons in it none of the content is the same all the things that our authors are sharing about their experience and about the things that they're interacting with those are all still valid still uh, right on they've changed some of the language and the tone for the uh, to meet the new generation that's out there now so it's interesting. It's almost as if when ex-Mormon Christian ministries zig, the church sometimes zags, right? It's as if they pay attention to the kind of things we're saying. Sure. Um, we were just in a church where the pastor was able to go through a, a Mormon temple open house and Bednar took them through. He's one of the 12 apostles. And one of the things that he said they that I'm not sure if it was Bednar or someone else, was that you've heard maybe that we believe we can have our own planet. Well, that's just not true. <laughs> They're telling people going through the open house, right? <laughs> well, this was something that came up years ago in the Book of Mormon musical, right? Because it was a song about how this kid, wanted, Mormon missionary, wanted his own planet. And he was going to name it Orlando, right? Well, then the Mormon church came out publicly, said, we don't believe you can have your own planet. Well, it's in their scriptures and it says world. It doesn't say planet. So that's kind of, so this is almost what's happening, right? With the missionary book, they'll say things are new or we've changed that or that's not true anymore. Um, but Basically, their scriptures haven't changed and their teachings and their manuals uh, just haven't changed. So even on Monday, a couple days ago, we spoke to church staff and one woman said to me, oh, I have a friend who's LDS. They believe exactly the same as us, right? Um, Or they'll say, we don't understand the things you're telling us. They don't tell us, right? They believe those things. But I want to be very clear to the Christians listening, and even to the Mormons, that basically their doctrine does not change. Would you say that's true, man? Yeah. I'd say it's more procedures. It's like the last so-called revelation was in 1978 about blacks and the priesthood. And it really wasn't per se revelation. It was just a procedure. And the LDS church is always changing procedures, the way they do things. Like they change a procedure of the endowment. You know, when I went through the endowment, they told me it was word for word what God said during the time of Joseph Smith. And then I realized it's been modified. And it was modified in, you know, uh, 1990 and again in 1995 and who knows what it's you know changed to now it's very hard to keep up with it but the doctrine is still the same doctrine covenants 132 is still there (laughs) and the book of mormon is still there and so we still have a lot to pick from so i I guess the bottom line is your book's going to be relevant for many years to come yeah go ahead (laughs) right as far as that goes i mean you can talk about how LDS theology evolved early on, right? From the Book of Mormon, not having any kind of idea that God was once a man and that man can become a God. But then you find that in in the later Joseph Smith sermons and in the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. But you're right. So for the most part, it doesn't. I think in principle, there's possibilities here um, because they have modern revelation and mm-hmm. so the emphasis is always on um, giving trust to the living prophet as opposed to dead prophets. And there's a reason for that, because sometimes dead prophets may not 
agree with living profits. <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, it doesn't change. And for our purposes, yeah, it's not changing. I mean, when this, you're right, Mike, this came out in 2004, right when I think one of your sons was finishing his mission. One of our other co-contributing uh, authors had just begun his mission and just got the, the book, uh, Preach My Gospel, hot off the press at the MTC, was the first group to be able to use it. Uh, so they were really excited. But this the same storyline has always been there and will always be there. That's not going to change. And what they said on their website was that, you know, things like apostasy, which a lot of people don't even know what it means. We're just going to use words falling away from instead or collapsing, as Ross said, two lessons into one. Well, 20 years ago, they had six lessons and that went down to five. It's the same content, though. So, yeah, so we will have a second edition out there. And this is already being commissioned to be translated into Spanish. Okay. Thank you. Okay, so either of you can answer this. Now, from the remaining chapters of the book, is there anything that stood out to you that you think would be helpful for listeners to know about witnessing to LDS? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Let me check. I would say there's three, really three things that are super helpful in general. One is it's great content. It's great information. It's a biblical response directly to the claims that are made in those, in those chapters. So the content is really good and you're going to feel equipped. So I've been meeting with Mormon missionaries recently and I go to the book and I go, Oh, let's see what this guy said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some great tips. Not only content, but great practical tips that that our authors have have shared based on on their experience. But number two is back to you know something that I think is really encouraging to the person reading the book. Who maybe you're going to see the missionaries come to your door. You're going to let them in. These guys are sharing incredible stories about how they came to faith and what impact. Christians had on them while they were missionaries. There were some great stories about something pithy, something relevant that a Christian said that to the missionaries while they were in their home. And so that's a, a great encouragement. And so what we have here is a powerful combination of really good apologetics and really good content, but also really great uh, hopeful experiences that we see the Holy Spirit really at work. And between those two, um, it, it's really a one-two punch. Wow. I have an example of that from one of our sons. Matt Wilder actually has a chapter in this mm -hmm. book. And when he gives his testimony in churches, he often says that there was a, a Christian woman who witnessed to the Mormon missionaries one time when he was in Denmark and asked him this question. Um, why is what Jesus did on the cross not enough for you? And he said that was a question that stuck with him. And when he began to read, the Bible came back to him. Um, those are the kind of examples you'll find in the book, mm -hmm. right? That Christians, yeah, exactly. I think Christians think Mormons know their, their theology so well and that these missionaries are very well-trained. They're 18-year-old young men right out of high school. There's no better opportunity to introduce them to the ideas of grace. And lately, Mike and I, because Mormonism is so complex and you're trying to teach it to people, um, we, we've just kind of condensed it into Old Covenant, 
new covenant, right? And then what the Bible says about people who are trying to bring you back to the old covenant, whether that's a good thing. And it's good for Christians to understand their own theology by stepping into some Mormon theology, don't you think? How about you, Corey? Are there other things in the book that you um, would like to let the audience know? Yeah, I mean, on top of what Ross said, I think that people can actually come to understand the gospel. I think sometimes it's more illuminating when we put things up in kind of a comparative contrasting way. Rather than just reading a book about the gospel, you're seeing it against a foil. The Bible often does this and you know, the story of Jonah and others, Jonah and the sailors, Jonah and the Ninevites. Well, you've got the gospel and the Mormon gospel, which are not the same. And you're getting biographical testimonial sketches about life impact and hints about what you can and should do and maybe do not do uh, in your encounter with Mormons. But yeah, any Christian who can pick this up can actually learn the gospel through this. And the nice thing is you can get online Uh, and look at the LDS online version and know exactly word for word what the Preach My Gospel says. Mm -hmm. Go to the chapter for when they're coming to your home on Tuesday night, and you can read the author's advice on what things to target and go after that night. You'll know exactly how many breaths they're going to want you to take to inhale and to exhale. And that's why the subtitle of the book, Lynn, is Confident Conversations with Mormon Missionaries and other Latter-day Saints, because you've already prepared for it. You know what they're going to say before they even say it. And you're just going, wow, look at this. It's like clockwork. They just said it like the book said they were going to say. And so yeah. they don't have to. A lot of Christians get um, they get nervous. They they react. They get emotional. Uh, feels like theological ping pong sometimes. This gives them the ability to just relax you know what's coming every single time. In fact, you know what's coming in advance for the next several discussions. <clears throat> and so you can plan accordingly and have fun with it and build a relationship and build credibility for the time when you finally uh, launch into your own testimony and uh, talk about the Bible and its connection to the real world, not just to an imaginary world. Yeah. You know, that's such a great concept is that, you know, so many times when we're out teaching, you know, people ask, what's the silver bullet that I can do, use? I said, there, there was not one. I mean, it's very complex and you got to, you know, understand the gospel from a biblical standpoint. And then when Mormons teach about th- something that's not biblical, you need to ask them a question about that. Why the Bible concept doesn't reconcile with the teachings of Mormonism. And your book is going to just bring people into that, give them a confidence. Because so many people think that Mormons know the Bible better than they do. Well, probably with a lot of Christians, like myself, back in the early years, we were nominal Christians. I knew enough about the Bible to be dangerous. I knew concepts, you know, temples and prophets in the Old Testament, New Testament, and and so forth. But I didn't know what the Word of God was saying. Your book will help people get into that point to read and understand the gospel, to understand where the Mormons are coming from, and they'll be able to sit there and have a logical discussion without getting upset and just be able to talk with people about 
well, this is Mormonism, but this is what the Bible says, you know, help us understand this. And you know what you should do once they buy your book and they pass a test, you should send them a certificate that they can now call the missionaries and set up an appointment. And we'll bring in all the missionaries to teach people that's had your book and It'd be better than them teaching nominal Christians. They won't get any baptism at, at all. This would be great. This is this is what we need to have happen. Okay. So but we'll they'll learn the gospel. Put it out there yeah. throughout yeah. the world so that Christians can have this. Great, great job. Okay. So for the remainder of the time, I would like to spend three or four minutes with each of you. Um talking about your particular ministries and your experience in witnessing to Mormons over the years and your advice to people in witnessing, in particularly to Mormon missionaries. Corey, do you want to go first? Sure. I mean, our ministry, uh, Ratio Christi, means the reason of Christ. We're on over 100 college campuses, have a ministry to professors, to high school students, we're international, and now we are uh, stipending and funding uh, PhD students getting into uh, R1 level research universities. And then they turn around after we've trained them on how to be missional professors, they do the same. And so we launch uh, PhD chapters now uh, so that we can have influence in the universities. But even at the universities, you have, uh, you know, institutes, religious institutes, right here at Purdue, where I'm at in Indiana, where you guys were converted to Mormonism at, mm -hmm. um, all state, um, we've got an institute right here. And you have Mormon missionaries that are walking around the campus and they're all over uh, universities around the United States. I was down in Florida doing some events at Florida State and Florida uh, A&M University. And they were right there on both of those campuses as well. So they're all over the college campuses as well, but um, our um, connection to Mormonism is just one of the many apologetics evangelism avenues that we do for ministry. And so I forgot the, the other question that you had asked, uh, maybe advice on... Yeah, advice on witnessing. And okay. thank you for doing that, by the way. I did a training for RZIM a few years ago. They had 80 apologists, full-time and part-time, and zero that did Mormonism exclusively. Zero. They had one man out of Mormonism, but he had been in the LGBTQ lifestyle, and so that was his, his major thing. There's such a need for this, so thank God for what you do. So just briefly advice for those trying to witness yeah uh first thing i think is uh respect the dictum we have two ears and one mouth for a reason so that we listen more um you ask five different mormons you may get six different opinions mm -hmm. and each mormon is connected to mormonism uniquely and so we want to know what is it with that particular mormon you're not going to know just by assuming that they are cookie cut. Um, you want to get to know the person. Now you can, you can get to know the theology through our book, but you want to get to know the individual. And one of the things that you see in the book is that all of these authors are showing their vulnerability, how they were not Teflon. Mormon missionaries are expected to appear and project as Teflon and unimpacted by what people say. But we know through the testimony of all these people, through our testimonies, 
you are being um, impacted by what people say. You just can't show it. So people can have that confidence. Get to know the individual. Ask good questions. Seek good answers. Um, if you ask questions, uh, then that gets kind of an obligatory um, reciprocation. They're going to then ask you questions. It's you've earned the right to be heard. You've showed concern for a person, personal relationship. Uh, focus on your attention on Jesus, on his work, but listen to the Mormon you're talking to. Find out what it is that makes them tick. What are their objections to becoming a Christian? What are the reasons why they are committed to Mormonism? And what are some of their questions about faith, right? Um, it is individual for sure. So Ross, tell us about your, your many ministries. You've had 40 years of doing this. I'm sure you've talked to many Mormon missionaries and certainly many, many uh, Mormons. Tell us a little bit about your ministry and then give us advice for witnessing. Yeah, so um, I'm still a pastor at a church, but on the side, kind of I'm doing this thing called, you mentioned, uh, it's called Utah Advanced Ministries. And we really are focusing on helping churches in Utah understand the culture of Mormonism, not just the theology. People come to Utah with a sense of, they've read the books and so forth. They have a sense of how the, how the the what the theology means, but they don't know how it's lived out. And they don't know how they affect it affects uh, people individually. So we're coaching churches with the number of people leaving Mormonism these days. We've started really focusing a lot of our energy on what we call the Faith After Mormonism project. We're trying to find uh, provide resources to help Mormons unbaggage their past so that they can walk into a, a relationship with Jesus in a healthy way. Find a church. There's lots of obstacles and barriers to that process. And um, and so we've started a mentoring ministry. We have a number of people, trained mentors, who can come alongside the person on their journey and really help them take positive steps. So we're doing all those things. We have our our conference is coming up um, this fall, and we do that every year to try to help former Mormons connect with each other. But I was interested in uh, I would I would go along with what Corey said in terms of there's no single script because every individual is different. And I would say that this our book has the, the core ideas. Those have to be applied in different ways, not just for missionaries, but for active Latter-day Saints in general, because mm -hmm. most of them, many of them have been missionaries and, you know, they they believe these same things. So, but I would say, you know, I, I, I just want to find out what this person believes. And some of them are idiosyncratic. I've been meeting with two missionaries and one of them is very intelligent. And my wife told me um, she hears us in, from the other room talking about philosophy and talking about theological issues and go on. She says, you just need to tell more about your relationship with Jesus. Mm. I said, oh, you got me there, you know, because I was getting caught up in these philosophical things, the nature of God and, and how he believes some things that are not standard historic Mormonism about the nature of God. And so very much each one is idiosyncratic, but... What my wife reminded me, it's what I remind our, our hearers, is, is that you want to share the reality and the intimacy of your relationship with Jesus. Amen. I could not have said that better. So the very first time Ross started this conference for ex-Mormons who are now Christian, um, 
although it's for anybody ex-Mormon, but it certainly has a Christian flavor. Mike and I spoke at the first one a few years ago, and God did a miracle there. Um, someday I will tell you that a woman came. She came back on Saturday to all the sessions. She had had a 20-year-old daughter who had come to Christ out of Mormonism and then died of cancer. And this mother, after your conference, went to the grave of the daughter, laid face down, gave her life to the Jesus of the Bible with a very LDS husband still. Um, the things that these men do have lasting impact. And I, I'm sure everyone who leaves Mormonism is not going to choose biblical faith, but it is a huge mission field at the moment for Christians, those who are questioning their Mormon faith and, and willing to consider something else. And so we as Christians need to lay out there how wonderful our God is and reasons why you would want to follow the God of the Bible. Thank you, men, for this amazing, I guess we have just a few minutes. Um, would you like to give us your website so that we know where to find you? MMM, so it's mormonmissionarymessage.com. And your Rocio Christie website. RocioChristi.org, and that is Rocio, like mathematical ratio and Christ, but with an I at the end. We had to go Latin, ratiochristi.org. <laughs> Although you're trying to stay away from all that academic stuff. Yeah. Ross? Good. Yeah, you can find us at utahadvancedministries.com. And we have another website that we operate called faithaftermormonism.org. And I just sent you a pastor this week, so I'll make sure you to connect. Um, Grace and peace to you, our dear friends in Christ. Thank you for what you do. And uh, we thank God for his move among the Mormon people. Until next time, Michael. Well, thank you guys so much for everything that you're doing. God, God continue to bless you guys and the, and the work you're doing out there because it's hard. It is really hard in Utah. Uh, I don't know if I could handle it if I lived there full time, but uh <laughs> Uh, bless you again, and, and, and you too, Corey, and all the things working with the university. So may God have his hand upon your ministry and watch over you guys. Responding to the Mormon missionary message. Okay, thank you. <laughs>